Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're welcome back. We're back in the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to be looking at chapter 25 and a little bit of chapter 26 today, um, settling disputes and laws about disputes and laws about marriage, and also a glimpse, as McGee says, of how Thanksgiving, at least here in America, got started. So chapter 25, verse 1, if there's a dispute between men and they come into the court and the judge judges decide between them, acquitting the innocent and condemning the guilty, then if the guilty man deserves to be beaten, the judge shall cause him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with a number of stripes in proportion to his offense. Forty stripes may be given him, but not more, lest if one should go on to beat him with more stripes than these, your brother be degraded in your sight. So, kind of a public lashing for a minor offense, a misdemeanor kind of offense. Uh, It's a way to shame the person who um, commits the offense. It keeps crime pretty low. Um, And um, Israel didn't have a lot of crime because of that. But um, it's not excessive punishment. Um, they don't do more than 40. And so that's a uh, proportion. Uh, he beats, he, he deserves these lashes in proportion to his offense. And so, um, it's a proportional type of thing, but it's a public flogging and it's, it's designed to, to keep crime down. Then it's interesting, verse 4, you shall not muzzle an ox when it's treading out the grain. This is a changing of the subject, but it's another little law about things. And, uh, you know, the common sense here is, well, the ox is treading your grain, so why should you muzzle him from eating some of it? Uh, He's doing the work for you. So God's protecting people here. He's protecting even the animals that are doing work. And... um, McGee makes the point about um, feeding those who are working for you, and he makes the point about making sure you pay your preachers. They're doing the work for you. Make sure you give to the church so 
that the preacher, the the the, the shepherds of the flock, have um, have funds so that they may eat too. Uh, now we go down to verse five. Uh, and we get we're getting uh, some laws about marriage here. So if brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man <clears throat> shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Okay, so this is a way of trying to take care of the widow. Okay, she doesn't have to go to strangers. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. In other words, has a baby with her. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed to the name of his dead brother, that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. Okay? So in other words, now she'll have a firstborn to carry on the family name. Verse 7, if the man does not wish to take his brother's wife, then his brother's wife shall go up to the gate of the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to perpetuate his brother's name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of a husband's brother to me. Then the elders of the city shall call him and speak to him. And if he persists, saying, I do not wish to take her, then his brother's wife shall go up to him in the presence of the elders and pull his sandals off his foot and spit in his face. And she shall answer and say, So shall it be done to the man who does not build up his brother's house. Okay? So, um, and the name of his house shall be called in Israel the house of him who had his sandal pulled off. So in other words, he's publicly shamed because he didn't take care of his dead brother's wife. So, a way of protecting women. And McGee makes the point that um, the Bible is a woman's book. It has a lot of things to protect women's rights here. And this is the right of being able to uh, not be left as a destitute widow. He's trying. God has a system, a family system, to take care of widows and orphans. Verse 17 Now we'll drop down here. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt, how he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary and and cut off your tail, those who were lagging behind you, and he did not fear God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies around you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. So Amalek was somebody who attacked the nation as they were uh, wandering in the wilderness. And God says um, they were defeated. Okay, those who did not fear the Lord. God says, I'll protect you from your enemies. And that's what he did. And Moses is having the people remember what God did. And now you continue to keep his memory blotted out. 
Chapter 26, when you come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance and have taken possession of it and live in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from your land that the Lord your God is giving you and you shall put it in a basket and you shall go to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name to dwell there and you shall go to the priest who was in office at the time and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God, I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God and you shall make a response before the Lord your God. A wandering Armenian was my father. He's talking about Abraham. And when he went down into Egypt and sojourned there, few in number, and there he became a nation, great and mighty and populous. And the Egyptians treated us harshly and humiliated us and laid us on hard labor. And then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction and our toil and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, an outstretched arm, with great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. And he brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing of milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me, and you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house, you and the Levite and the sojourner who's among you. So what he's saying is, is remember <clears throat> all the things that God did for you, and he gave you this land, so that now you're living in the land Take the first fruits and when at harvest time and offer it to God and thank Him for what He's given you. And it's kind of like this is where the origin of the Thanksgiving celebration came. This is when the pilgrims and the Puritans came to the, to the new nation here in North America. They considered it a land with milk and honey and they said, you know, harvest time, we're going to take a portion and have thanksgiving and, and give thanks to what God has given us. And they, they made it a national holiday at some point. So that's where that comes from. But that's what God wanted the nation to do, to be thankful for what they have received. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your take on this great study today with so much practical learning for us to appreciate who we are and what God has given us. So, as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield, and we'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 25, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through to verse 19. In um, these chapters that we're studying today, we have the punishment of the guilty and the law that actually protected the widows. And we have punishment for crimes and judgment of Amalek. So there were certain crimes in those days that arose through difficulties between individuals. So these are not you know, serious crimes. They're what we actually term as misdemeanor crimes. So they are 
you know, they don't merit life or death. But they were ones where there should be a form of punishment. In our societies today, we have, you know, a lot of soft judges. This is why we have a lot of crime and people running around and you know, feeling they're above the law and things like that. Um, it's because the judges don't um, give the punishment f- for crimes that are committed. You know, you have a lot of criminals running around. And, um, you know, we have a moral degraded society today. Even in the homes, it actually starts in the homes. Discipline starts in the homes. And you have parents today who are soft and, you know, there's all these, um, you know, rights and, you know, human rights. And, you know, where parents, you have parents who are not actually um, enforcing punishment on children who actually do something wrong. Because if a child in the home today does something wrong and there is no punishment um, that goes towards what they have done, they will not be accountable or responsible um, based on what they've actually done. So this is the kind of society that we have today. So scripture reads, verse 1 of chapter 25, If there is a dispute between men, and they come to court, that the judges may judge them, and they justify the righteous and condemn the wicked, then it shall be, if the wicked man deserves to be beaten, that he, that the judge will cause him to lie down and be beaten in his presence according to his guilt with a certain number of blows. Verse 3, 40 blows he may give him, and no more, lest he should exceed this and beat him with many blows above these, and your brother be humiliated in your sight. So 40 will be the limit and not exceed the number of lashes that um, the, the accused um, gets. So this number, you know, it could be any number but of strokes that the accused gets, but should not exceed 40. I mean, because the person might end up the one executing the one executing the punishment might end up killing the person the 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 accused so we don't want um and today we actually don't see this type of punishment like you know public whoopings maybe if they were these types of punishments um would see more disciplined and more accountable people today verse 4 goes on to read you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. And um, actually, this Paul took this out from Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 9 9. So, you know, in other words, the statement um, that we have here, um, you know, it, it, it basically means there is an ox um, treading out corn working. Let him eat. So if we look at Paul's um, reference of this verse, that's in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 9. Paul writes, 
for it is written in the law of Moses, shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it, oh, is it oxen? God is concerned. God is concerned about. Sorry, is it oxen? God is concerned about. Let me just read that again. For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? So here we have, you know, Paul, he lifted out um, this verse. And in um, verse 11 and 12 of Corinthians 9, he goes on to say, If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap our material things? Verse 12, if others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used the right. We have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. So here, um, you know, Paul has made application of this verse that uh, we have in the book of Deuteronomy. So Paul is simply applying, is simply saying, pay your preacher. That's the application he's making. So ministering spiritual things to you, then you in turn have to feed him with material things. So pay your preacher. You're getting spiritual benefits and spiritual food. So you have to pay the person giving you that this service. Verse 5 goes on to read. If brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the widow of the dead man shall not be married to a stranger outside the family. Her husband's brother shall go in to her, take her as his wife, and perform the duties of a, has, of a husband's brother to her. Verse 6, And it shall be that the firstborn son which she bears will succeed to the name of his dead brother, and his name may not be blotted out of Israel. So, this was God's method of actually taking care of his people. And um, God was also protecting womanhood so in its application in that land we have a man who's living on that land and he dies so this man you know owns land a lot of land he's a farmer he's a farmer with land and he um he's got animals and he has crop but this man has no son so the and he dies so the widow is not able to actually take care of all this. If a man from another tribe or a foreigner wants to marry this woman, she is not permitted to marry outside. But she has, you know, a privilege. You know, a right. That's actually unique. She can actually pick and propose to one of her husband's brothers cousins or the nearest relative verse 7 goes on to read but if the man does not want to take his brother's wife then let his brother's wife go 
up to the gate to the elders and say, My husband's brother refuses to rise up a name to his brothers to his brother in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. So here, this is how it actually, um, you know, went into operation. The wife goes, approaches any of the late husband's relatives, closest relatives, brother, uncle. And um, if he refuses, she can actually take him into court. Here, um, like what we read here, verse 7 and verse 8. Goes on to read, then the elders of this city shall come back and speak to him. But if he stands firm and says, I do not want to take her, then his brother's wife shall come to him in the presence of the elders, remove his sandals from his foot, spit in his face, and answer and say, so shall it be done to the man who will not build up his brother's house. Okay. So here are the penalty for his refusal. The husband's brother's refusal to marry uh, the brother's widow. This is the punishment he got. So the man is actually disgraced for not forming that which he should according to the law and it reveals the fact that he's not being true to his family he's not being true to his tribe he's not being true to his brother his great brother and his other brothers he's not being true to the nation and he's also not being true to God as well as himself so we have here now okay um a list of punishments for certain crimes that are committed here when men strive together one with another. There would be certain penalties executed, certain amounts of money paid in case a man was hurt in that kind of attraction. So we have all this, you know, dropping down from verse 10. So now, you know, I'll skip to verse 17 and verse 17 reads remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt so we have another reminder of Amalek so we have had Amalek before when we're in the book of Genesis so they attacked the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt they attacked them when they came out of Kadesh Barnea. And um, so that's what we have here. And verse 18 goes on to read, How he met you on the way and attacked your rear rank as... Oh, your rear rank, sorry. Yeah, let me read that. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks all the strugglers at the rear when you were tired and weary and he did not fear God. Verse 19, therefore it shall be when the Lord your God 
has given you rest from the enemies all around and the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as an inheritance that you that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven you shall not forget so Amalek attacked them when they came out of Egypt and Moses went to the top of the mountain like that you know account that was given in Genesis he, you know Moses went to the top of the mountain and Aaron and her held up his hands because when he held up his hands as a sign of worship to God you know Joshua who led the forces of Israel you know won but when he um, was not holding up his arms um, they when he actually put down his hands he lost so because his hands were up for a long time he got tired and he couldn't hold up his hands anymore so Joshua sorry Aaron oh my god sorry so Aaron was um, and her were hell holding up Moses's hands so the Lord says he will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven and if we look at exodus 17 verse 14 it reads then the lord said to moses write this for a memorial in the book um sorry yeah let me just read that again write then the lord said to moses write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of joshua that i will utterly blot out the remembrance of amalek from under heaven so here in our last study it was on yeah our last study it was yesterday we saw that the flesh is something we are not to despise and one doesn't actually overcome the flesh by becoming, you know, ascetic, like yesterday what we were looking at, in a separated, um, or, you know, beaten down by, um, beat down and become very religious. That won't actually get anyone anywhere. So there is a war going on in every person. Um, of in you know in every one of us there's a war be, there's a war um going on the spirit and the flesh war and um one can't overcome by fighting so the only way one can overcome is by the spirit of god and um so uh yeah the only way one can overcome the flesh is by the spirit of god and only the holy spirit only the holy spirit so can produce the fruits of the spirit so victory can only come by the holy spirit working in our lives and here we have um again the Lord saying he will blot out 
the remembrance of Amalek from under um, from under heaven and where will and who will not um, have the um, you know, old nature in us so in chapter 26 we have the first fruits and this is actually thanksgiving so this is the fruit the first thanksgiving so scripture reads verse 1 it shall be when you come into the land which the lord your god is giving you as an inheritance and you possess it and dwell in it that you shall take some of so um and you possess it and dwell in it then you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land the lord your god is giving you and put it in a basket and go to the place where the lord your god chooses to make his name abide you shall go to one who is who is priest in those days and say to him i declare today to the lord your god that i have come to the country which the lord swore to our fathers to give the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the lord jesus christ and you shall answer um and you shall answer and say, The Lord your God, my. Um, and you shall answer, sorry. The Lord your God, my father, was a Syrian. Um, and you shall answer and say, Before the Lord your God, my father was a Syrian, about to perish, and went down to Egypt and dwelt there a few in numbers and there he became a nation great mighty and populous so here um, he actually recounts then he goes on and he actually recounts the history of these people in um, and recounts the history of those people and then makes this and then he actually makes this as an offering to God, a thanksgiving offering to God. Chapter 2, sorry, verse 2 of chapter 26. Um, so, uh, no, sorry. Yeah. So there are actually two things to note in this chapter. And one of them is my father who is Assyrian about to um so um here the first thing actually is my father was Assyrian about uh -huh. um so it says my father was Assyrian about to perish. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were not Israelites. 
the crowd that went down from Egypt. Um, so the crowd that went down into Egypt were Assyrian. Abraham came from the other side of the river, a Hebrew, and he was Assyrian as the nationality. So here we have Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is when we actually bring a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving unto God. And this was the beginning. The beginning. So it's wonderful to actually make an offering of thanksgiving and praise where our lips and um, so it's always important to make offering thanksgiving with uh, um, not just with lip service it's nice to praise with lip service but we should also back up that lip service with our purse, our wallet, how much are we giving to the Lord? So this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening and God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.